Hello everyone, my name's Aidan. Welcome to another episode of our podcast, Behind the Scalpel. Welcome to part three of our chat with Dr. Wasim Awal, which is a continuation of our previous episode. We'll move on now to more general. So we were talking about advice for medical students and perhaps interns. Um, Some things that we encounter as medical students that may obstruct us or make us hesitant to go after a career in surgery are one, perceptions about lifestyle. uh, And that's to do with, uh, you know, our idea of these kind of things. Um, We're not sure whether it's true or not is surgeons spending all day in the operating theater, having very little family time, those kind of things. Potentially the stress also associated with it. Number two, uh, a bit of tall poppy syndrome, uh, which is guiltiness around having big ambitions as a medical student and the idea of a gunner medical student. And thirdly, the competitiveness in getting onto a program a surgical training program. And part of that is if you don't have the personality, this is some of the the beliefs of some medical students, if you don't have the personality or value system to fit the common stereotype of a surgeon, um, people often associate the words like uh, cutthroat or whatever you'd like to slither in kind of disposition if we were to reference Harry Potter, um, if you don't have those kind of characteristics, there's a lower chance of you getting onto a surgical training program. So is are these points something you could talk to us about and address? So the first one about the lifestyle, um, now that I've started working, I have a taste of what it's like. Um, I'm in two minds about it. So firstly, um, I can understand that the lifestyle can be quite difficult, but I think it's a matter of perspective. So you have tw- everyone has 24 hours in a day. You can sleep for about eight, um, seven to eight, and then you have um, 16 to 17 hours of time. You might be working on a busy day, 10 of those hours, and uh, that would mean you have six to seven hours of time that you can use elsewhere. Um, and it, I mean, assuming you don't have much of a commute and uh, you, you get the necessary things out of the way, you still have a few hours in your day to do other things. And, you know, as per Parkinson's law, you can get a lot done in a few hours, especially if those few hours are spread over days, weeks, months, years. Um, so don't underestimate the power of small incremental work. Um you know, when you're building muscle at a gym, you only spend 30 minutes to 90 minutes at the gym every day and you don't see much progress, but over years it really adds up. And I think the same goes to any sort of personal goal or uh, ambition is if you put in the small incremental work, it will add up greatly over the years. Um, So with that mindset, I feel like I still have enough time to do what I need to do throughout the day. Um, I can, I can see my 
friends and family and loved ones or well, not my family so much because they're in a different state but you know I can spend time with them and have meaningful uh, talks with them and um, I can uh, work on my hobbies like my YouTube channel and I can exercise in gym and do that sort of thing uh, in, in the limited time I do have. Um, the other side of it so I said I was in two minds about it the other side of it is that yes it, it compared to other jobs it's going to be very tough um if you're comparing it to your friend who works in banking or finance or um i don't know he or she is a uh allied health member they perhaps have uh, a better lifestyle um and they'll have a lot more time in their day uh and that's when i try to remind myself why we're doing what we're doing and that's ultimately to help patients and give them a better life. So with that in mind, you know, we have a big responsibility in our hands, um, one that we shouldn't take lightly. So it's going to, I guess, consume our life more than other jobs. That's just the inevitable nature of being a doctor. And, um, you know, that that comes with its caveats. So, you know, there's a whole the whole old um, mentality that you should just work to your dead um, obviously I'm not trying to say that, um, I, I still very much advocate for a work-life balance, but you have to understand that the job itself is in inherently very stressful, um, and inherently is going to suck in some days compared to other jobs. Yeah, um, it is like, we hear all that you're saying, and I think uh, the thing that might be on a lot of people's minds is that it is hard to deny that there is a bigger sacrifice required um, f from your life than like the perception must come from somewhere. It's not entirely false that there is a larger sacrifice that's probably required than um, other specialties. But like, as you've mentioned, you know, it might seem like your allied health um, colleagues have a better lifestyle and work-life balance than, than you do. But um, I guess, would you say maybe it's, the sacrifice that you might perceive you having to um, sacrifice more is, is worth it? Um, I think it's ultimately up to the individual whether that sacrifice is worth it. Um, you don't have to do surgery. You don't have to pursue a competitive specialty like that. But if you think, if you think that the, um, the limits with your work-life balance are worth it, then by all means. And, you know, I, I have formed the opinion that I could probably handle this work-life balance. Uh, obviously, I'm not there yet. So once I'm a registrar, maybe things will change. And I'm not unopposed to changing specialties to a you know more lifestyle-friendly specialty. Um, but you know, if you ask me now, then I think it's it's very much worth it, and I think I do have enough time um, for a social life um, per se. Does that answer your question? Yes, thank you. Okay. <laughs> Yeah, so I think it's just very individual based. Um, two, so the the second question was about the whole tall poppy syndrome, how um, sometimes it's frowned upon when you are ambitious and try to aim for the stars. And yeah, that's that's a it's a common thing and an unfortunate reality. Um, but you have to remember that um, the people who have achieved great things. Um, you know, your mentors, the people you look up to, your role models, how, like, try to think how they were 
when they were in your position. I'm sure they were unashamedly ambitious and they had big dreams and they didn't shy away from, you know, pursuing those things. They weren't, they weren't held back by this fear of judgment. And so I try not to think in that way that, you know, other people's perceptions uh, are, will be negative if, if, I, if I try to do something. Uh, that, that said, it has to be for the right intentions, right? Like you don't want to be doing it or for the money or, or for whatever, like, I don't know, getting girls or something. Like it has to be good intentions. And then I, I don't think anyone has a right to den deny you of your ambitions you should you know um back yourself as much as possible if you're doing it for the right reason you shouldn't feel ashamed of uh, pursuing what you want to pursue because ultimately it's your life and you shouldn't let someone else dictate that um and your third point about the competitiveness of getting onto the program and how some people feel like they need to um sacrifice some of their personal values to fit in with um, the whole surgeon stereotype. Uh, again, that's a very unfortunate reality that happens a lot. But um, my personal view on that is um, our, like my values and the, my personality is um, sort of guarded. It's, it's a big priority for me to uh, stay true to my principles and values and not... Um, compromise on those things so if that means getting on the bad side of a surgeon who's picking my job uh for next year then unfortunately that's just how the way it is i'll find a way to adapt um if i don't get you know orthopedics is a very uh savage specialty in that you have three tries and you're out um i think you just have to re reconcile with the fact that sometimes you could be a brilliant freaking surgeon and you could be a genius and like great with your hands, perfect in every way, but maybe you just didn't have the right connections or you tick someone off for reasons outside your control and you didn't get on the program. That's just the reality of it, unfortunately. Um, and you just have to, I guess, reconcile with that fact. And the other thing is having a backup option. If, if you are going for one of these very difficult specialties, um, at least from what I hear from other surgeons or other trainees is to always have a backup option because if in the uh, unfortunate circumstance you don't get on the program, then um, at least you are not going to be lost. Um, and it sounds terrible because like, you know, you, you want to do this thing, you've dedicated many years and many hours to it, but sometimes you just don't get on. And I guess, yeah, it's a, it's a huge risk, but I think it's worth it because if you imagine what it's like on the other side if you do get on it's amazing like the privilege you get to, do, to have for um helping these people and doing these cool surgeries getting to learn the the theory behind it and getting to put into practice is is i guess unlike any other job in this world so it's a huge privilege to be able to do all that um the other thing is I would say I don't fit the stereotype of a surgeon or an orthopedic surgeon. Like, I mean, look at me, like I, I, I definitely don't fit the st stereotype. And in terms of my personality, I, I would describe myself as a more introverted, more quiet kind of guy. Um, 
but I don't let that stop me from pursuing it because I don't feel like that should be a criteria. <laughs> um, again, it goes back to that whole, um, you could be the best in that specialty, but not get on. So uh, I think it's more important for me to stay true to those values um, than it is to compromise those values just to get on, if that makes sense. Mm. So that got very deep very quickly. Some beautiful, uh, realistic advice there, uh, which we don't get very often. And th thank you very much for sharing your thoughts on that. It was very valuable. Um, and thank again, thank you for not sugarcoating it, uh, which we sometimes can see. Well, unfortunately, we'll have to end it here with Sim. It's been great talking to you. We appreciate you coming onto the podcast. Again, you've given us some valuable insights and I hope our audience has taken something useful away from this as well. So thank you, Wasim. Thanks for having me, guys. Thank you for listening to another episode of Behind the Scalpel. If you want more episodes, search for Behind the Scalpel on Spotify, Apple Music, or wherever you get your podcasts.